Squares Fielder. He's gone to the dogs. Welcome once again to the Gone to the Dogs podcast. Man, I tell you what, the hunting seasons are in full swing. That old temperature's starting to drop most everywhere. Our guest today is telling me he had snow at his place yesterday. And uh, I just returned from about a 2,300-mile round trip up through the mountains. Took me all the way to Pennsylvania, back down through Virginia and West Virginia, and got to visit some of my old stomping ground where my dad and I used to bear hunt and just had a great trip and we'll be talking a little bit about that as we go forward. I've got a terrific guest today, a guy that I always like to bring to the microphone here on Gone to the Dogs if the subject is breeding coonhounds. I don't know anybody in the country that's working harder at it or doing a better job at it than our special guest Randy Smith today and I'm looking forward to to uh, bringing Randy to the microphone just in a minute. First of all, I want to uh, sincerely congratulate the winners of the PKC Youth World Championship and the PKC World Championship uh, held recently in Salem, Illinois. Um, A young man named Chase Laws of Leoma, Tennessee, won the 2022 PKC Youth World Championship with Piney Ridge Turbo. Turbo is owned by Hunter Rochelle of Lawrenceburg, Tennessee. Now, this young man earned $6,000 in cash and scholarship awards. We want to send a big shout-out to Chase Laws, Leoma, Tennessee, your 2022 PKC Youth World Champion. And then a guy I know for a long time, in fact, the last time he won the world championship, I was along. I sat there on a log, and we almost froze to death waiting for our judge, Kevin Roberson, to come back and score a tree. The dogs that were under that tree were Silver Dollar Stone and um, the uh, Stylish Oz dog. And uh, uh, unfortunately, Kevin Turner, who was uh, one of those... uh, People sitting there with us waiting for that tree to be scored has since passed away, and we're we're sad about that. But we do want to congratulate Ronnie Smith, uh, who was handling Silver Dollar Stone that night back in 2001, for once again winning the big one uh, with uh, platinum champion, world champion, Heather Island Southern Stogie. Uh, He's the 2022 PKC World Champion, Uh, won that that distinction out at Salem, Illinois. Stogie is a 2019 model, Trend Walker male owned by Ronnie Smith, Cheyenne Cummings, and Ike Rainey. Uh, Cheyenne, of course, is from Neosha, Missouri, I believe. Anyway, this was worth $32,000 for the win. And that boasts Stogie's lifetime earnings up to $46,224. So a big shout-out to Ronnie Smith, Cheyenne Cummings, and Ike Rainey for winning the 2022 PKC World Championship. What an honor. Well, the guy uh, that I'm going to bring to the mic now is no stranger to PKC or UKC or anywhere there's a major event or a a final four to be hunted in he's hunted in a lot of them in fact he's won the UKC 
World Championship back in 2016, and that's when he and I uh, really became friends. And uh, he and his partner, Tom Strang, were out at Green Castle, Indiana, and uh, they won the big one out there. I was uh, privileged to be out on a cast the night before the final cast with the uh, Lone Pine Biffy Sioux female, their world champion. But, man, I've said enough. I guess, Ron, uh, Randy, it's just great to have you on the microphone. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thank you, Steve. How are you? Well, I'm doing good, and I guess our listeners should know that I did see you here a couple of days ago. Um, as uh, Ella and I were making our uh, fall swing up through the mountains and looking at all the beautiful foliage, we were able to come by and, man, pick up a nice puppy. Uh, uh, we got a frogger pup. <laughs> what yeah. What do you think about that pup? Uh, she, was, she was really, really nice. I knew you would love her whenever you come to get her. Yeah. What a heavy-headed, houndy little female with a, a mouth you ought to be able to hear for a long ways. <laughs> well, that's what we're hoping. You know, as I get older, louder's better. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right. That's for <laughs> sure. Well, uh, I also wanted to talk just a little bit as we were driving back from your place. Uh, your boys got real busy that day and had a big day in the deer blind. What? Tell yeah. me a little bit about what uh, – Troy and Cole were up to. Well, the, the temperature had dropped for really the first time here this fall, and we knew it was going to be a a few good days here, and a deer would really get moving. And I've I've never really been interested in deer hunting too much, but when these kids show interest in something, I'm all in. So we here just oh a few years ago got a really good place set up right next to not far from about 300 yards from the house here to deer hunt. So. Troy and I went back, uh, must have been uh, Monday night, I guess. Yeah, Monday night, and we weren't in the stand probably a half an hour. And a buck came out, and he he's picky. So he said, oh, that's not the we've, – we've had a really good buck on the camera back there. So he said he was going to pass, and the, the, the buck just came into us like he was on a string, and the closer he got and the nicer he looked – Troy said, I'm going to shoot that buck. And I said, well, that's a wise move, bud, because you can sit there the rest of the season and not have anything happen. You know? So he, sure. it just went down like it was a TV show, you know, it just, it just <laughs> went perfectly. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the net that evening, uh, the boys' buddies were here and we, I had uh, two, two of their buddies and two of their buddies' dads set up to hunt in other places. So they all come back in and Cole acted like he was a little bit put out that he wasn't involved in the hunt, which my younger son is not too interested in anything that doesn't have a motor on it. He's a dirt bike. <laughs> that. So right. I said to him, tomorrow night we're going. Well, when through the day, when I texted him at school, he said he had come up with something else he was going to do. And I said, no, nope, we're going deer hunting tonight, bud. So, Anyway, we went back and we weren't in the stand 15 minutes and then the great big one that we've been <laughs> watching come out and it was a carbon copy of what happened the night before just come rolling right in perfectly and he just made a great shot and they both had <laughs> had a it was, it was uh 
probably never to be duplicated. You know, it was great. Well, that, that's great. And uh, it's amazing how kids, you know, they can be different, you know, but I, I think that old, uh, that Smith family gene there came, came to bear when he, uh, with, with Cole, I was kind of surprised to see that Cole had gotten out there and got that nice. Yeah. Too, but yeah, it was, it was heartwarming for me, you know, that he, he, yeah. And so, you know how that goes. Well, he says, I, I just get back there and I killed the big one in a couple minutes, Troy, and you've been after it. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> that sibling rivalry comes to yeah, the front, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh man. That's great. You have two fine boys, uh, Randy, and I know that you Thank and you. Carrie are, are doing everything possible to see that those boys get a good upbringing and they're both polite, uh, young man and uh just just really a pleasure to be around so good for thank them you. i'm happy for them for sure yeah thank you sir well randy any time that i get a chance to to talk about breeding coonhounds which is a, a very important subject because if if somebody's not breeding better dogs you know this whole thing's going to come to a screeching halt and uh you know if there isn't a plan if it, there isn't a design somewhere by somebody, you know, to make these dogs better, they have only one way to go then, and that's backwards. And I know that the Treen Walker breed, I thought, uh, uh, s several years ago, was in trouble because we heard about, you know, the dogs, uh, to use a, the vernacular, the slick train idiots, and they can't run a track, and yada, yada, yada. But... I know that you've always been a guy that, that uh, plans your work and works your plan, so to speak, whether it's in life or it's in your business or it's in your trapping activities, your fishing activities, whatever. But when it comes to breeding tree and walkers, I, I couldn't think of anybody I'd rather have a, uh, across uh, the desk here from me uh, to talk about the subject than you because you know you've really put a lot into this uh, down through the years and you and your uh, partner Tom Strang uh, there in Pennsylvania uh, some of the people that are listening to this may not have heard the previous episodes that I've done with you and I'd like for them to get just a little bit of background uh, I know that of course the Lone Pine uh, kennel name is something that, that Tree and Walker people have known for a long time, and we talked about that in detail in previous uh, episodes. But talk a little bit about you and, I mean, how you and Tom Strang uh, kind of got together and how this uh, Lone Pine thing came together. But then we're going to move on and talk a, a lot about, you know, the current females that you have, how you came to choose them, how they've played a part in your program, and this whole plethora of stud dogs that you have used in your program. I'd like to be able to cover all that in about an hour, an hour and a half, Randy. And no, Now, I'm going to shut up because I'm talking way too much, but give me a little background. Let's go from there. Well, the, the first Lone Pine dog that I ever hunted with is still to this day one of my all-time favorites, and it was – uh, Claude Lawson's Lone River Gunner, and he he was uh, up in the mountains there of Pennsylvania, and the talk of the town whenever I first started the competition hunt, and 
I just kind of invited myself to come up and go hunting with those guys. And we become really good friends. And I seen the dog tree hundreds of coons and he was big. He was loud. He was accurate. He could strike a coon out of the rig going 70 mile an hour. You know, he was just a bad dude. So he was out of Logan's wild quick and uh, a female called Lone River Dix. It was directly out of Riverbend Flag and Preston's Roxy. And uh, they were, Preston's Roxy was, was a Muddy Lane's queen uh, female and that she was a Lone Pine dog. So he was, um, you know, kind of lo- a, a line bred dog, which that, that kind of breeding always fascinated me, you know, about line breeding and how that worked and the successes from it and so forth. So anyway, through, through Gunner, I got to meet Gene Harrison and Woody Malone and they were from Maryland and they, they came and bought Gunner. And so Woody had a dog out of Logan's Clover called Naylor and through knowing that cross between Clover and Lone Pine Chris, I got to meet Tom Strang. So what, what, what it was, was Tom was writing an article in the back of the Cooner at the time. And Woody told me those two dogs there that that guy in the wheelchair is holding are litter mates to Naylor. And he's not that far from you, you know? So I looked up Tom and we instantly became father and son, so to speak, you know? So that's, that's pretty much, I had good mentoring from, both angles of it and then you know i i paid attention that's all well i think we talked earlier before we started recording and how you and tom had had worked uh, pretty hard at breeding the dogs and uh, as it often happens i guess with with all of us you know you kind of hit a snag or kind of a curve in the road things weren't perhaps working as as uh, well as you had hoped but you kind of reached out, and I think that's going to be a lot of what we talk about today is how you have not been uh, too proud, let's say, or uh, or hesitant to reach out to the stud dogs that you believe could help your program, and I think you and Tom did that. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, we when we started breeding like Ellie and Annie, those were two litter mates sisters out of logan's clover and chris um we never got them bred to gunner yeah it just didn't happen we tried but we didn't get them bred and that would have i think he he worked so well with what i was after that i think it would have been great if we would have made it got it done but it didn't so when we were breeding them females it just we just had a hard time getting what we were looking for but we we eventually had some successes and one of the main things was when we bred annie to sackett jr uh we ended up with a a male dog called cowboy i called him tug but it was his name was cowboy and uh just i had a female then that was out of leroy lone pine leroy that i got from woody out of nailer and she was an all white lone pine looking female at the time, you know, they were kind of, kind of coarse haired and ticked up and white, you know, and I just, 
she was she was a nice dog, and so I I bred her to Cowboy whenever they were. I think Liz was maybe a night champion, and Cowboy hadn't even been in any hunts yet. But he was a he was in the makings of a really good dog, and so she caught. And the morning I went down, and she had pups. I lifted the lid of that box, and every one of them pups were blanket back, red headed. And I thought, oh boy, this guy is really dominant, you know, and he. He basically like made it easy for us from then on in. When I had all the females out of out of cowboy that uh, we used for breeding, it was it was about a dead ringer. Worked they they were they were great reproducers and the uh, dogs that we choose to breed them to clicked and it was great. Yeah, and I see that you know Cowboy uh, when uh, when he was bred to Lone Pine Kate produced yes. a female that has been very very prominent in your breeding uh, probably since that time I guess, and that was a Honey Buns female. Yeah, uh, she was she was really a special dog. She now, she sounded like a male dog, and she. If she had her feet planted on the side of a tree, there was a cone in it. And she would, she just did things the way you dreamed of. You know, she was a great one. She, you could cast her and, or you could rig her off of the truck. You could do anything you wanted to do. At the time, we were really catching hides a lot. You know, it was important to have a dog that was efficient at treeing coons, you know, either close, far, in between. She was, she was the real deal. And she's in the Treen Walker Hall of Fame. Yeah, she, she is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So she's the mother of uh, Biffy Sue. Yeah. And we yep. can talk about that. Well, one thing, uh, you know, I, when I started uh, hunting with you and, and seeing your dogs and, and really taking a closer look, of course, was after uh, Sue won the world championship. So I didn't get to hunt with Kay, uh, with, um, honey buns or with mm-hmm. with cowboy or any of those dogs really wish uh miss quickie or or those those dogs but uh i did get to hunt with sue it wasn't you weren't on the cast that night but i got to sit out there on the tailgate and watch her do a, a really nice job um uh, you know, in on the night before the final in the world championship, yes. so uh, mm-hmm. so she so Honey Buns produced Sue when you bred to Stylish Legend, right? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a lot of the dogs that uh, that are being born here now are like ten generations, but it just so happened like that with with Sue, uh, Woody Malone loaned me Leno. Uh, she was a female directly out of river bend flag and and uh a lone pine eagle daughter so i wanted to breed her to gunner so we did and she was that was her last litter so she was probably 10 when or nine when that litter was born and Mm -hmm. then the daughter of that cross was lone pine kate and uh she was she was bred to cowboy when she was getting up there in age, about seven or eight years old. And then when Honey Buns was bred to Coma's Legend, she was, I she was over ten, I believe. Huh? So it's it's only really four generations ago, but nearly 
35 years or whatever, you know, it was like, but the rest of them here, some were bred when they were younger, you know, and so it's, it's a longer stretched out, um, you know, effort from here, but that, that was, that's the, the background behind Sue and what we're, what we're hunting out of her right now. Yeah. Yeah. Sue is, uh, is quite a amazing female. Uh, she's a big female. I mean, she's not, uh, what was Sue weigh? Well, if Sue's in running shape, I would say she's 85 pounds or something Yeah, close to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's, she's, she's a monster. If she's over, if she's get, getting a little chunky, she's, she's getting right up there at 90 pounds or whatever, you know, she's a, She's a monster. Yeah, these are these are leggy dogs that can really cover the ground. Uh, <laughs> my partner Keston uh, Jesse and I have this uh, female. He calls her Bonnie, and um, you know she she's out of Jillian, and and Jillian's out of Sue and Bone Collector, I believe, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, and she's a leggy female, boy. She's got uh-huh. a lot of ground, a lot of daylight <laughs> under there, and can really move through the woods. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That's Legend was a big hound dog, you know, and it uh, oh yeah, it's it's carrying through now. Yep. Well, I wanted to bounce down through a little bit of, of these females, and then I wanted to go over and talk talk about these stud dogs that you've chosen down through the years, and pick your brain just a little bit about what what uh, you know brought you to use those particular dogs and so forth, but. But as I look down the list here, of course, you know, you, we think about Sue. Now, uh, Sue is, uh, how old is she now? Sue is nine. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Still in great health, though, right? Yeah, Isn't she doesn't have a gray hair. She looks like she's four. <laughs> That's yep, awesome. she looks great. Yep. Well, you got a female there that kind of goes back, uh, well, a, a, a girl that I liked a lot. When the first time I came up and hunted with you, you took two dogs that night, and we hunted them independently. Uh, and one was Lone Pine Fran, and the other one was Lone Pine Quickshot. And yes. uh, Fran is out of Tree Slam and Frankie, but now he Frankie was out of Stylish Legend. Is that right? No, Stylish no? Coma. Coma. The, coma. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, him and Legend were half brothers. Okay, yeah. so that's yeah. I knew there was a, a coma connection there somewhere, yeah. but yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And then he uh, then friends out of the Track Girl female, which Correct. was out of Track Man and Patsy, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I I just kind of fell in love with Fran. I, yeah, I just like her, and, and she's really produced some nice pups for you. Uh, yeah, she has been a good reproducer. Yep, yeah, really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I know the one time there, you kind of had a little bit of a tragedy happen with Fran's litter. Uh, with uh, was that with the Big Money litter? Yeah, we lost them all when we bred her to Big Money, which yeah, that was really sad, you know. But uh, I don't know if she had a problem with her milk or what. But they just they, yeah. you know, they looked healthy as they could be, and then the next day they're falling off, and when when they're a day or two old and they start going the wrong way. There's no turning it around mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yep. that's one of the things that a breeder has to go through, I think. But I, I, for one, think that you've, uh, you know, done a great job. And of course you have a, a, a great help in raising your puppies or helping them and so forth. 
And uh, but I always see nothing but fat, slick, healthy puppies coming <laughs> out of there. They all really look great. But uh, yeah, they do. I got an angel that helps me. Yeah, I, yeah, Miss yeah. Amy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, also I mentioned Shot there, and of course Shot, you know, she kind of made some noise out there in competition. She was in a, I know one year there she was in the final eight. I think right before I hunted with her at the at the PKC World, wasn't she? Uh, I don't know. She she didn't get to the heads up cast. She was she was she got knocked out right before that. So right it was before, okay, probably top thirty four or whatever mm-hmm. it was. But okay. um, yeah, she looked really good that you know then she mostly mostly did did really good work her whole life she was a she was a natural and all the crown she was loud and had a coon when she she trees and she's she's a sweetheart she's out of full throttle jigs and miss quickie yeah and of course quickie was out of of honey buns and track yes right yep yeah correct and you used and we'll talk about that in a minute you did use Mm -hmm. track man a couple of times back there with real good results. Yes, uh, we did. We we had we had good luck breeding the track man. We had right. the two two of the females that we mainly you know kept moving on with was Track Girl and Miss Quickie, both really really good reproducers. And uh, you know you just whenever things are working, you keep moving in that direction for sure. And that, since we're talking about Quickie, uh, the baby female was out of her and Bone Collector, correct? Yes. Yeah. Lone Pine. My all-time favorite. (laughs) Million-dollar baby. What a sweetheart. And she she made how many Final Fours or... or Uh, She was, well, when when Rick won uh, the World Hunt in 16, she was in the top 20. I handled her, and then we retired sue after winning the world hunt and so i i handed over baby to rick and the next year she uh got second in the ukc world hunt and a year after that i think third so she was in the final four twice she won the train walker uh uh that, that pup extravaganza hunt that they have that was the first time i ever put her in and she was she was a real winner. She she won. She, I think she was a world finalist seven times, and uh, won a lot of other stuff. And she she was she she owns a dear place in my heart. She's a sweet. She was a sweetheart. Well, and there's a kind of a sad story there with uh, with baby and uh, how you lost her. Uh, yeah, she was bred. Yeah, she just had pups out of Frank. Gettings his son dog and uh she just oh they were maybe three or four days old and she just acted a little bit down and i took her to the vet right away and she had a uterine infection that they couldn't get they couldn't get it under control and she passed away mm. it was a sad day for us oh, here but, uh, I'm, I'm sure and, and a real uh loss to to the coonhound world for sure uh how old was she when she passed randy um i'd say she was uh six yeah 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 just Mm -hmm. in her prime for sure yep yep well those are whenever you when you're breeding those females they're in danger it's it's hard on them you know there's just no getting around it and 
you know, you know, you're taking risks whenever you're doing it. You just try to avoid them as much as you can. She was, she was on antibiotics, you know, the whole, you know, from before she had the pumps and everything, but it's still something just didn't work and it got her, you know, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that's certainly a, a chance that we take and, you know, if you want to breed dogs and you, you have as much invested in a line of dogs as you do, you've got to have more than just one. You can't put your eggs in one basket. And uh, how do you select a female to breed? Uh, first of all, you know, anything I've seen come out of your place has been out of a Grand Knight Champion female. Is that a is that a, a prerequisite before you breed them, or how do you feel about well, that? Well, we— here here in recent years we we kind of wait until um but we've tried to 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 give the females a chance to do some winning and and you know make their make their name known a little bit out there so it's not really a prerequisite but it's it's just always the way that it is because they've been in you know hunts to like say be qualified to go to the world hunt or go to the tournament of champions or whatever. And the wins are required and they're just finished, you know, but right. the titles or doesn't mean anything about how the dog is going to reproduce, but it's it, when, when you have a product that you're planning on other people, hopefully desiring to own, you have to have, you know, the criteria there and the credentials on the dog. And that means, in today's world, that means competition hunting. So we, the same dogs that we breed, we compete with, you know, and that's just what they, right. that's, that's, that's it. That's all. Well, I think there's two ways you can look at this. Um, I know I've been kind of, you know, I shake my head every time you pick a pupa out of a litter, it seems like it goes right on to the big stage, you know, and I can remember, uh, you know, back when your Bella female was a puppy and, and she was just so beautiful, you know, such a, such a beautiful pup. And, uh, I think she was just a, uh, a one time, was she the only pup that lived in that litter? No, that, no, that was, a that um, was bone first, collector and Fran, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was the first, that was the first time I bred Fran. And I think, uh, I think there were seven okay. that lived in her litter and it was a really uh really good cross uh we ha we have bella out of that cross a female called dinah and i did have one called pearl that mm -hmm. uh, danny carr and i owned together and danny and i did a little swapping around and stuff and he ended up he owns pearl all to himself now but uh those were the three females mm -hmm. in the litter and they're they're good ones well, I know, and, and and when you picked Fran, uh, not Fran, but Bella, and uh, uh, me liking Fran anyway, I kind of said, boy, what a beautiful pup she was. And then she yeah. went all the way, and last, I guess it was back, I don't know, was it in the spring or last fall that I was up and hunted with you, and, and we took uh, Bertha and mm. Bella, and we hunted them independently. And Bella, yeah. Bella did a really nice job. She's she's a she's an impressive female. Got the yeah. mouth and the looks, and the, she's just got she's the whole package. 
Yeah, for sure she is. Mm-hmm. Well, I, just the point being there, it seems like these pups that you pick and keep, I don't know if it's in the training. It's in. I know it's it's the genetics more than anything, but uh, you just seem to have a knack of getting the good ones or developing the good ones. I don't know which <laughs> which way they well, go. Well, I, I fortunately live in a really good place to raise pups so that I can – let them run loose and develop in, in their own time. And uh, I try to just head them in the right direction. They get lots of care and handling. And oh, there's woods everywhere around here, so they can go. And they, they, they just learn the ways of everything from the time they're little. And sooner than later, generally, they're, you hear them treed somewhere, and it's they tell you when it's time to start taking them out, you know, and it's – Oh, yeah. it just just works out. That's all. It's it's a you know that a dog a dog that has to live its life in the pen as a youngster is at a disadvantage compared to that for sure. I have a Jack Russell here that she's she's real calm with the pups and she takes them on jaunts and you know they just naturally it comes out. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's what we've been preaching on this podcast for so long is you know let the uh, give the pup the opportunity for the genetics to come to the front, you know? Yep. And uh, I think with this little uh, frogger puppy that we've got, uh, Keston's already taken her on walks. Uh, yeah, you know, that's uh, uh, he's, uh, He said, you know, I don't want to spend too much time with her. I don't want her to get spoiled with me. And I said, well, what you're doing out there letting her roam around and, and go with you, sit in cam- trail cams or he does lawn service and all, and and uh, she rides on the seat with him and all. So I, I think that's all good uh, in the early stages of a pup's life. You know, to, I have not seen a pup come from your place that was shy in any way. And, no, uh, yeah. no, the, the, it uh, it work the way we do it here is it works really well. It it, it works well. So. The more time that that pup can be interacting with people and, you know, being loose and everything, the better off that they are. I think in the long run, their whole lives, they're, they're calmer mm-hmm. and they're just more well-adjusted if they've had a chance for that, right. for that brain to absorb everything as a youngster. Like it's just vital really. And, and then even when I have one here that, you know, shows like, some problems or whatever i'm i'm confident that sooner or later i can see that mama come out of that pup so i don't i i I don't give up on them you know i keep and me just being confident and knowing what the background is in them and you know the little quirks or whatever that maybe this one had or that knowing that they'll come out of it you know you just got to stick with it which you know we try to be patient with them and we try to just mold them and send them in the right direction. And, and that's just the difference between somebody that has seen what the past is with them and somebody that just has a pup that they, that's doing something that bothers them, you know, that that they're just not confident that they can get past it. That's all. Well, I think there's a lot of parallels to that as we see in our country where there seems to be a, 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 
a plan out there to destroy all of our history. If we can just destroy all reminders of history, then we can change it. Well, you don't change history. History is. It's there. And if you know these dogs and you knew what Mama was and Grandmama was and and Granddaddy and all of that, it gives you a, a, well, first of all, it gives you confidence that, that this dog, you know, has got such a good background that uh, if if handled right, it's going to come out. Correct. And, uh, exactly. Yep. Well, we talked yep. a lot of. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was. You, know, you go, but I'm ready. Oh, okay. Well, we spoke about Fran a lot, and uh, mm-hmm. there's a brother to Fran uh, that Sonny uh, Phelps has over in Ohio, I believe. Yeah. Uh, named Louie. And that brings in a pup I want to talk about a little bit named Bertha. What about yeah. all that? Well, from from the beginning, I had trouble getting pups out of Sue. When I bred her the very first time uh, to Bone Collector, she just had the one pup, Jillian. So after that, you know, I just didn't want to believe that it was Sue's fault and we tried breeding her and breeding her and it just just weren't having any success so Sonny's dog out there is a, is the real deal he he looks and sounds and performs more like old cowboy than I had than any dog that I know of right now mm-hmm. he's cold nose you know in the winter time type of dog you know that was he's as accurate as they get he's he's the whole package. So I said to Sonny, I said, uh, you know, I'm having trouble getting Sue bred. If I sent her out there, would you just, you know, breed her every other day that she'd taken, you know, to try to get her caught. My buddy Sonny said, I'll, I'll, I'll just do you one better. I'll bring him right to your place and you just use him however you want. And we'll see what we can do. So, he brought him out, and then that's what I did. And we ended up at least we got two pups. He's got a male dog, and uh, we Troy kept a female that he called Bertha right from the beginning that he fell in love with, and she's she's making a world class dog right now. So that was a that's a you know pretty tight lo- uh, line bred pup that we have in her. Yeah, well, I and I've was real impressed with Bertha when I came up uh, the last time I was up hunting, and I think we cut her around a big cornfield, and she treated three singles around there. And I believe you told me that she kind of got it done last night in pretty nice fashion too. She did a, she did a great job last night, and we went into a pretty rough section, you know, no no corn or no no easy stuff in there. And she, she treated three and – probably an hour and a half or so from the beginning of the block to the end of it and looked, looked amazing. She looked great. She's, she's, she's making the cut on the big time here. We hope. Well, and she's making a coon hunter in the process too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy loves her. Yeah, yeah. Troy's making quite the, quite the chip off the old block. I guess he's really getting into this thing and it's uh it's great to he, see, really. Is. He loves he loves coon hunting and the, everything about it. You know the the talking and the hanging out with the guys and 
you know, what went on last night, he's interested in it all. So it's, it tickles me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And you've got a, a female there you call Jillian and you mentioned her just now with that. She was a lone pup out of uh, Sue and bone collector. And, uh, the uh, the female that we have out of Trackman that that Keston and I have is out of Jillian, and also this uh, Frogger pup, which uh, we've been talking about, too, is out of Jillian. So, yep, we yeah. she she Kyle Preston has hunted uh, Jillian most of her life, and and uh, we we decided to put her into the breeding program here. It was time she was five whenever we or she's five now, I think. But uh, she's a big, one hundred percent, you know, hound female. Just she's she's every bit as big as her mama. Big mouth. Uh, she's extremely accurate. Can tree three cones in an acre, or be nine hundred sitting in there with another one. She's she's really a top shelf coon dog. So we bred her for the second time here to Frogger, and she's a good mama and. And th- things are looking real good. There's several out of her and Trackman that, t- you know, you couldn't buy them. So, well, looking pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's no reason for you and me to sit down and talk about all this breeding and all this background and all unless we show some of the results of it. And that's yeah. kind of what I want, wanted to do here today uh, to, you know, uh, kind of spotlight a little bit some of these dogs and what they're doing. And, sure. of course, you've got a couple of dogs, and we'll get into this a little maybe more in depth. But um, one of the dogs that, uh, you know, we mentioned Million Dollar Baby and, and uh, all her success and, and, of course, the the tragic end. But you took her uh, over and bred to the Little Money Dog. Uh, and yes. You've got a couple of dogs that have been making a lot of noise out of yeah. that cross. What about, uh, tell me that story a little bit. Well, we, we had hunted against little money, uh, different times. And he, he was a, he's a hardcore, he was a hardcore competition dog. Kevin Cable had him at the time, whenever we bred to him and, uh, he would get out of there and get, get under a coon so fast, you know, we were looking for, for that, you know, and I liked his, his mama was a really good reproducer, produced a couple different super staked winners. And, and so we bred baby to little money the first time that we decided to breed her. And, uh, we kept two, a male dog that Rick hunts called, we call him bank and a female called lady that, uh, I started here. She was, she was a natural and uh right now we she's at john strickland's house john had drawn her i think he said seven times with austin ewing hand on her and uh loved her and wanted to buy her and so john and i become partners with her and austin and rick we all decided it was in the best interest of lady and everything involved to send her to john's and john's just they're just getting to know each other right now and hopefully the future's bright for her well i'm sure it will will be and uh i've told my listeners this before i believe but i was so impressed with lady when she was just eight months old when i was up hunting and 
we we uh, cut her two different times, I believe. We were hunting out of your, I call it a Cadillac, side by side, <laughs> <laughs> sitting there with the problem. May have had the heater on. It was a windy night, blustery oh, night. Yeah. We were watching the uh, drive track there, and this eight-month-old pup uh, goes hunting, uh, I mean, and, and really hunts an area out around there and gets treat about four or something from us we go there and i've got a video of that still and i keep it go up on the hillside there and look what the little girl's got two coons up a tree (laughs) but but the (laughs) the crazy part of that story is we cut her and she did it again yeah (laughs) she treed two more another double like that so wind just beating against that oh it was man yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah she she was she's a special one so we yeah. have she's still uh they're not they won't be four until february so they got they got a lot of time yet to get some stuff done well you mentioned rick strauser and of course rick's been a valuable asset to your efforts there i know you would would agree with me randy uh you know he he handled sue in the world championship and got that notch under his belt, and then he's been hunting a bank dog. Bank is a platinum champion now, isn't he? Yes. Yep. He's 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 uh oh, I don't know how many uh, world champion finals he's been in. Not final fours, but he was he was in the final four of the super stakes, his first super stakes there, at the sophomores, and uh, oh, he got in the top twenty of the UKC World Hunt last year and was a finalist at the pkc world hunt last year he's a chip off the old block he's he's exactly like his daddy was you know just Mm -hmm. wide hunting dangerous hair on fire looking to get under one right away you know he's he's a bad dude (laughs) yeah he is he's an unusual dog i mean you (laughs) you you stack him one way and he's a blackback dog and try, you know, and you stack him the other way and he's an open spot. Yeah. He's yeah. a good looking hound. And I, and, yeah, I, and you bred him to Sue, I believe. Right? right. So, so with, like I said, with all the trouble that we, we had with getting Sue bred, then when I had him here and he's, he's definitely uh, has the credentials to, to be a sire. So we bred him to Sue and we did get the biggest litter that we got out of her seven pups. And we're hunting a couple of the females now and, uh, Oh, they're looking pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you've got one I keep bouncing back to Fran. You got one called Mm -hmm. little Fran. That's doing a good job now too. Right. Yeah. We bred her to Hardeman's Jeb, uh, Chris Hardeman's dog in Georgia there. And, uh, she's, she's, she's coming to be world-class here. She's, she's got the, all the, the mouth and the looks and the, the raccoon and the whole deal. So yeah, we've got futures bright. Well, you know, I think we've pretty well laid the foundation here. And I, I, I think that it would be safe to say if you were to sum the mission, uh, sum up the mission of Lone Pine Kennels is to take these line bred females that go back this whole line, you say nine generations or more, mm-hmm. a, and breed them to what I imagine you are the guy that's making the decisions as to which 
stud dog, you're going to breed this line of females too to improve the line. Am I correct? Correct. All right. Yep. I wanted to kind of go down a list here that I've I've made, uh, and you, of course, jump in and and anything that needs to be changed. But looking at the stud dogs that you've chosen to use in your breeding program, and you know I've told people this for so many years: I get a good female, train that female out, get the bloodline you like, yada yada. Then you know the world is your oyster. You can take that female to any dog you want. You know, it doesn't yes. work the other way. You know, That's when right. you've got the male. If so, you've got a if you've got a really nice male dog, you're begging. Yeah, you're, you, yeah. You, you know, you've got a it's 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 the toughest road you're going to head up if you've got a male dog and convince people to bring females to it. But if you have good females. All you have to do is put the hint out there that you're thinking about using a dog or this or that, and they're they're usually getting a hold of you. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You're holding all the cards for sure. Yeah. Okay. Looking from recent times, and of course, you know we could go way back, but you mentioned when you bred the Sackett Junior and you got the cowboy dog and you got that whole litter that seen, you know kind of turned things around. Yeah, we just started breeding. That fortunately, we all the females that we had at the time, we could breed the cowboy. You know, it was like uh, nephew to aunts and cousins and things like that. So when I bred him to those females, it was it was just like a game changer. It was it went from hoping that you know crosses would work to the confidence that that it takes to really be a dog breeder you have to you have to believe in what you're doing and if you're doubting what you're doing it's not going to work so anyway you know with with bumps in the road and all that it, all breeding programs are going to encounter them but he he leveled it up and he made it easy for us to come up with honest dogs that you know, that just did work the way that you'd like them. And then when we use them for the breeding program, it become easy. Well, for sure. And okay. After Sackett Jr., what was the next, let's say major stud dog or that you reached out to? Oh, I've got a list here, and I, did you breed yeah. to Bone Collector before you bred to Legend? Well, the 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 first female that I bred out of Cowboy was was Patsy, and we bred her pretty young. Uh, she was only a couple years old when we bred her to Trackman. Okay, and and that was highly successful. That's where um, Muscle Man came from. That a lot of guys are hunting dogs that are, you know, from that line, that part of the line of dogs. And that's where track girl came from. Right. She was on the top reproducers list for the better part of her life. And so when we bred the next time, then that we, we got pops out of track, man was out of honey buns. And that was a female out of Kate and cowboy. 
And that's right. where Miss Quickie came from, the mother of uh, Baby and and Quick Shot and all that. So right. Track Track Man was the first outcross. Well, he he's an outcross, but he 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 was Lone Pine bred top and bottom. So, you know, but right. You, usually, if you know you're you're looking at that as to 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 pump you up. I mean, he was, he was still an outcross, you know, it was far enough back right. that it wasn't, wasn't really our line of the Lone Pine mm-hmm. stuff. So he was an outcross, but it was, it was really good. And so that's, that would, that would be the, the answer to that question. He was the, the, probably the first dog that we used to the cowboy right. females. Yep. And I would imagine that success is why you decided even more recently and I, Keston and I got involved uh, with this pup out of Trackman Seaman and Jill. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, the that part of the the line of dogs didn't didn't have Trackman in them. So, with this past success that we had using him, and I had Seaman, that it just it was a pretty simple decision to to breed right. Jill to Trackman. I yes. Got you. Okay, so when did you decide to go uh, into the coma dogs? Well, uh, going back, I had a female out of Thunder's Clyde that was a top-shelf dog. Her name was Rose, and I drew Duke Prue with uh, Nowheres one night at Beaver Falls at a qualifier. And she was, Nowheres was a year old. And she beat me handily, and she was she left a lasting impression on me that I can still remember to this day, you know. And so <clears throat> when Duke started to breed her, and, you know, Bone Collector was like a, the bombshell that come on the scene, it was a pretty easy decision to use him because I knew what she was. Right. Yeah. Right. So that, and, and, you know, Duke, Duke is, a, was, you know, he's a high end in the world of coon hunting. He, he hunted with all of them. And whenever he would, you know, like chose Hubs Homer, I didn't, I never hunted with him, but, you know, when, when, a, when somebody like that picks a dog, you know that he's picked him for a reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, actually, and then so Sue came out of uh, Legend. Correct. So and, anyway, yeah, that was so. Oh, uh, I was talking to to Duke um, somewhere at a hunt, and uh, asking him about stud dogs and everything, and he said that Legend dog down in Missouri is a good one to breed to. He said he said he's big, handy rascals with good miles and accurate tree dogs and so you know just just short conversations like that i never forget them so we sue or i'm i'm sorry honey was uh like i said she was like 10 years old and uh dale montgomery was talking about just breeding her to a local dog you know and i said buddy i said that would be you know that would be fine but you know at the end of the day if it makes the best dog we ever had, it, you still don't have, 
you know, what, what you, you want in a breeding program to have, you know, people recognize long, what yeah, long term doing, effects. You know? Yeah. Right. So I said, listen, I'll just take care of it. We'll get her down to Missouri and we'll make this happen. He fought me on it, but we, I convinced him and we got it done. And John Brundage drove her down there and he became friends with Chad Medlock that had legend and the, those guys were great to deal with. They just, they bred her and bred her and bred her, which, you know, when you're talking a female that's old like that, it, it's important. Right. And she, she had an, she had four pups, two females and two males, and they were all jackpot. And <laughs> uh, so just, you know, it just, it, it was, it's a stretch, you know, to, to haul a 10 year old female to Missouri and go through all that. But you never know how good it could be unless you try. Well, you know, and it's kind of something we didn't. Well, we'll we'll talk about him later. I'm gonna. I, I had a thought right there, but it'll come back when we talk about another dog. Mm -hmm. But uh, well, so of course that one turned out great. Uh, everybody's dream of having a world champion, and of course Sue did that in 2016. And I'll. I'll be a, a, very grateful to Sue always for that because that's how you and I became acquainted, really, yeah. and and me with Tom and with Rick and and all that. So, anyway, all right. Well, uh, where did um, Sue uh, also the the year before that in fifteen she was a reserve ACHA world champion. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's not yeah, too she, shabby. Yeah. No, that was, I couldn't leave that out. Adam Miller hunted her yeah. uh, out, out at Russ Beller's there, and we had a we had a star star cast there, final four, and she just missed it by by a little. Mm. But uh, mm. yeah, she's she's a true competition dog. Okay, well then you reached out. I don't know if I've got these in chronological order or mm -hmm. not, but I remember that you reached. Uh, well, I didn't remember when, but I hunted with shot and learned mm -hmm. that she was out of uh, jigs, a full throttle jigs dog. How'd that come about? Well, I started hearing about jigs, and uh, I think I talked to yeah, I talked to Dustin Weed before I went up and bred to him and he was, he was hunting meltdown at the time. And I talked to several guys from, he was, he was originally from Louisiana, I believe. And he was down South and a lot of the dogs out of him were from the deep South there. And there wasn't a whole lot going on up here around about him. He was in New York at Pete Olivia's place. And I made the decision I was going to use him. We had such good results with, with using bone, his half brother. So, uh, Quickie and Track Girl both came in heat at the same time, and I called Pete about breeding those females, and he wasn't home at the time, but he said, just, just come on up and get them bred. So, we, we, a buddy and I rode up with, up to New York, and uh, Girl was the first one that needed bread, and we just decided we'd take a little fishing trip because I wanted to breed her and then skip a day and breed her again and come home. Well, Quickie wasn't quite ready. And uh, Pete said, well, I have nobody there that can breed the dogs or whatever. It's not, it's not going to be able to happen. So 
Anyway, I got a hold of a, from a friend of a friend, I got a hold of a fella in New York that lived about an hour from Pete. And I said, you know, would you, would you come and meet us and get this female and drive her back and forth, get her bread and all that? And he said, yeah, he'd do it. So wow. just, that's, that's just right. to, yeah. And, uh, both, both of those crosses were really good. Jigs is a super dog to breed to super mm-hmm. him and bone were instrumental, you know, really. in uh, the success, you know, that we're, they were having now really, really good yeah. dogs. Yeah. Okay, well, then, um, I don't know, here again, I don't know if we're, I, I wanted to mention several of the dogs. No, that fellow's uh, just one, I uh, just just popped into my mind, yeah. Grant, yeah. Grant Tuttle. Did you ever hear Grant Tuttle? I've heard that name. Yes. Yep, yep, I never even met him. He drove to Pete's, picked the dog up, took her home, drove back and forth, just like a wow. warrior for me. Coon never hunters helping yep. coon hunters, right? Yeah, it was, yep, yeah, it was a great, That's awesome. great. Okay, so uh, all right, so then uh, let's talk about you bred to big money, yeah, on Danner's big money dog. Yeah, we bred Fran, uh, was the first dog I bred to big money, and we lost that whole litter, right? So then we bred baby to little money, and that was you know that we've already talked about that. Uh, I bred then a female out of bone and, and uh, track girl called dreamy that I had, I bred her to big money and there's, there's at least a couple of them. I know there's one, I think in Texas, a guy called me about looking for more of them that he wanted to buy that he said he was the best thing he's ever had, you know? So some of them, I know I don't, I didn't, uh, I wasn't able to keep any of those because the, whenever I lost all them out of friend, uh, you know, there were guys that were waiting to get a big money pup. So they, I had to sell all those ones out of dreamy, but I know some of them did really well. Well, I can, uh, attest to that. And I wish I'd done that before I prepped for the show. Uh, a, a individual contacted me that has one of those, uh, dreamy pups that's apparently oh. doing outstanding. And uh-huh. uh, really, really high on it. So, uh, so there, I'll get that information. Give you some feedback there on your breed, yeah. breeding program. I, I uh-huh. meant to do that. Okay, so then uh, you took. Um, we talked about um, baby and, and the trip down to breed a little money and uh, and what that produced with lady and and uh, bank. Uh, why did you, uh, well, I think you, you, uh, addressed that already. You wanted to get some more of that hunt and go, and that's why you chose little money, right? Yeah. Well, Rick, um, Rick had hunted with him multiple times and said, you know, he was, he was one of the best that he had drawn and just his, you know, his heart and everything. We just decided to use him. We were, and I, I mean, I'm not sure what where we were on the list, but we were one of the first ones bred to little money, right? Just by just by knowing what he right. was personally right. as, as a coon dog. Well, there's another good decision <laughs> you made, Randy. I tell you. All right. Well, who could? What conversation uh, could we have about breeding dogs without talking about Mister Coon Hunter himself, Frank Giddings, up in 
Muskegon, Michigan, but you yeah. used to, of course, and you and I had, I really enjoyed the trip that I took with you back. I think it was in 2000. I know it was right in the height of this COVID mess. Yes. But, but we were, had a couple dogs up there at Frank's and we drove up and hunted a couple nights. Yeah. With, he, yeah. 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 Frank, he's, they don't make very many of them like him. He's a, he's the iron man. He's still out there. <laughs> Frank is probably what eighty two now. I think so. Yeah. 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 He'll hunt all of us. Yeah. He's he's a tough bird. Hey. Whenever you when you've had way more than enough, and you say that's it, Frank, I'm going back. <laughs> you'll hear him turn them dogs loose again back <laughs> in there. Oh, uh, we were up there. The, the he had been hunting that that cruise pup for me and. Uh, he got treed back in there, and he said, well, I'll just go get him. <laughs> he oh, just yeah. lay back in there, and he comes back. <laughs> well, he had two coons. I said, well, yeah. if you say he had to, he had to, Frank. I uh-huh. don't doubt that a bit. But that yeah. brings up the subject of the Max's uh, Rock River Stylish Sun Dog. Yeah. And you use sun in your breeding yep. program. Yeah, I bred uh, Baby and, and Quick Shot both to him. And uh, sons, son was a good dog to breed to. We have a, we have a female out of baby in him right now. We call Girly, that uh, she'll eat your lunch. She's she's a, she's a great one. She's gonna be. You'll hear about her. You'll hear about her. She's Kyle Preston that um, has hunted Jill's had her up there here lately, and uh, she'll treat you lots of coons. Behind you, beside you, out past you, or whatever. She's she's for real. And there was there's other ones out of Quick Shot. Uh, I don't have one of them. The female that I kept, uh, we sold to a uh, to a fella down south there. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a son. Son's a good reproducer. There's there's one that a lot of people know about that's never been in a night hunt that. Uh, is out in Auburn, Indiana, right now. I'll tell you what; he's probably about as good as they get. I would say. Yeah, that would be uh, our good friend Brewster's dog. Yeah, Bruce Jansen. He's he said he would. Now Bruce would sell any dog he ever had, as far as I know of. He told me he's never selling that dog. <laughs> yeah, we just had Bruce on the podcast. In fact, uh, that podcast is airing this week as we're recording this one. And uh, yeah, Bruce is a great dog man, and I know he 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 really likes that hound. Let's see, what does he call the dog? Uh, uh, Rip. Rip. Okay. Rip. Yeah. Rip. Yeah. That's right. Bruce and I have been friends for a long, long time, and Bruce will tell you just how it is, whether you want to hear it or whether you don't. <laughs> You got to respect somebody like that for sure. Yep, that's right. Well, well, then you kind of uh, a guy that I I maybe have these out of order, but I know that you got uh, interested in the uh, the Hardeman's Jeb dog that you mentioned earlier, and also the Josie Wales dog, uh, Mike Gilbert, and uh, those guys. How did that all come about, and uh, that decision, and so forth? Funny how these how those paths, you know, get lead to, but anyway, uh, I was out at a, I was out at a slam hunt at Russ Beller's before Walker days. Oh, it's been several years ago now. 
And I drew out with uh, Steve Burkholder in Big Country and shot through the world. And uh, I think it was a female out of Bushwhacker. And uh, as it turned out, it come, it come between, I was hunting Fran that night, and it come between me and shot through the world. And I made a stupid call at the end there and lost the cast for myself. But shot through the world was one of the better dogs I'd ever hunted with. I mean, it, he was, he's for real. And I looked into what he was out of and he was from Mike Gilbert's breeding. Well, Mike judged me at the baby stakes one time years ago. I was hunting a, a female called uh, Bunny that was out of Trackman and Honey Buns. Right. And Mike just we clicked, you know, that night and we're, you know, we, we were just not friends, but I knew him to be, you know, a great fellow with it. The female, I won the baby stakes that year. And that would have, that's the mother to let loose, let loose Lila of Gerald Keegan's, his world champion going back to yeah. going back that way. But anyway, um, I found out that, uh, that shot through the world come from Mike's down there. So when I looked into breeding to, to shot through the world, he was sterile. So right. I called Mike and I said, what, what do you, what from your line of dogs would you recommend breeding to? You know? And he said, well, uh, the, the Jeb dog that Tootsie has in, in Georgia there is, a, is he's a, he's a really good reproducer. And then I have a son of him called Josie Wales here. So Mike and I were back and forth. And, and when I told, uh, Chris in Georgia that I was thinking about breeding to his dog. The, uh, I had two females that come in heat, right? At the same time. They always do here. It's like a domino effect, but shot and Fran came in heat at the same time. Chris drove that dog from Georgia to Mike Gilbert's place for me. Wow. So Rick and I went out there to go hunting with Mike. And I said, well, I don't know if, you know, I mean, if, if I'm, if I'm going to, I'm going to, but, um, I said, what do you, what do you think about breeding to Josie? Well, Josie was out of Hardman's Jeb and, and, um, Doc's little sugar. Well, at the time, everybody knew sugar. She was, she was winning nonstop in PKC. And so anyway, it turns out that Josie is a, is a line bred dog on Mike's stuff. So I really paid attention and looked at his pedigree. And so I decided to breed one to the one and one to the other. And it worked out great. It, we, we've got, <laughs> we've got stuff out of both of those crosses now. And, uh, they were, they were really good dogs to breed to really good. Well, there, there you go. That coon hunting network yep. in play, you know, and, the old saying, not what you know is who you know, but knowing the right people, you know, that's benefited me so much over the, over the years in, in what I've tried to do in coon hunting. But, okay, well, yeah, I knew that you bred to those dogs. I didn't know why, but now I do. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, and you're beginning to see the results already from that. And and, and really nice-looking pups, too, right? Oh, they're, yeah, they're nice. Yep, yeah, they're, they're really nice. There's... There's uh, several out of each one of those litters that, that are 
really hitting it big. You know, they're doing really good. Some of them are, some of them have titles on them already, and there's a lot more that's going to. All right. Let's talk about uh, a dog that probably doesn't fit that tricolor blanket pack red-headed mold, but a pretty good dog with pretty good reputation, Hillbilly Deluxe. What was your decision on that? Well, he's he's a known reproducer, and at the time, you know, Hillbilly Deluxe, he, 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 he was almost unbeatable. He, Jeff Stollard just, that, that dog's picture was in the pro hound multiple times every month, you know, and uh, I never got a chance to hunt with him, but I, my buddy, Virtual Davis that owns Frogger right now was, was real close with that litter that, that Bill was out of. And he told me that those were just a, that was a great litter of dogs, you know? So that was, that was, that's all I needed to hear from about that. So I was able to buy a couple breedings from Jeff and now those those pups I bred shot to Hillbilly Deluxe semen here and there they're about eight months old. But there's there's some of them that are really doing well. Well, I saw your chrome female there when I was up, yep. and she's a real sweetheart. Yeah, uh, she kind of fell in love with Ella there. I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ella yeah. thought, "Oh, she's a beautiful dog," and I said, "Well, she's." She's open spotted. She's a white dog, but she's pretty. She sure oh, is. she'll be fine. Good. She'll oh, be fine. Yeah. They yeah. all sound what they sound like when they're in there. That's the right. They yeah. don't have to. All that color doesn't count at then, does it? No. I, nope. I guess I am right in my assessment of, of the dogs I've seen now that Hillbilly Deluxe were kind of more open. Was he himself a white dog? Yeah, he's open yeah. spotted. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. A, that's what I he's thought. A, he's a clover. Clover looking dog. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I know that you bred to the tra- Trackman semen, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, we're feeding some of that right now. And she's coming along. She's been a little slow, but she's uh, she's learning na- day by day. And we're we're gonna make a coon dog out of her. Or, or Sometimes those cool. ones, whenever they <laughs> flip their switch at fourteen months old, and you. Put yeah. them down with the ones that have been going since seven. You all of a sudden got a better one. <laughs> yeah, well, she <laughs> she hates a coon for sure, and she's forevermore a tree dog. So yeah, we're, we're hopeful. Good. We're hopeful. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, now um, you bred to a dog that I just thought, man, I I hadn't really paid attention. You know, I living down here in the swamp, I don't pay attention. Uh, to things as as closely as I used to, you bred to a dog called Cooney Valley Pack. Why did yeah. you make that decision? Well, he's he's from the Power Pack and Easy Cross, which you know is it'll it'll go down as probably one of the all time greatest crosses ever made. You know, they were they just they bred that female every time she come in. I think to him, and they were they were some real good ones in there, and I know. John Strickland's dog Apollo, yeah, and I was kicking around using one of them, and I, I messaged John to see if they were breeding Apollo, and he said no, and I knew about uh, the Cooney Valley Pack down there, and and if you know if the Burdens have a dog down there, 
you don't need to know much more than that. You know, those guys are for real coon hunters that they're not going to hunt a dog that isn't, you know, world-class on top of world-class, you know? So I did know the guy that, that owned, uh, Cooney Valley pack before he got sold, sold a time or two and checked on him a little bit. And so I, I, I sent Fran down to breed to him and those guys treated me like gold. And, but we only got two pups that time. And I guess you know about the one. <laughs> Boy, do I ever. <laughs> That's great. That my buddy, uh, Keston Jesse, is how we came together. And I have uh, you to thank for that, Randy. We, uh, Keston contacted me through the podcast. He had been listening. And he said, I'm looking for a well-bred Walker pup. I want a male. I'm not uh, looking for, for something cheap. I'm looking for something good. And I just happened to know that you had pups at that time. And uh, I think somehow, I don't know how that came about, but you and Keston got together. Well, as I'm prone to do, and of course my mother was still living at that time in Virginia, when I get up to that part of the world, I try to get up and hunt a night or two with you if I can. And uh, so anyway, you and and, uh, Keston agreed on a, on a male pup out of pack and Fran, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's right. And, yep. And, uh, so I hauled him back to Virginia and, uh, right away, Keston would call me about every day. I got, I got a question for you. He'd say, uh-huh. and he's talking about this pup. And I didn't know if this kid was really a hunter or what, you know. I knew he was a farm kid that his family owned uh, dairy farms and all that, and he had a lot of hunting territory, but I didn't know. But he got that pup, and he started just every night. He'd take that pup for a walk in the woods just from the time he was about, I don't know what he was, three months maybe when when I got him, something like uh-huh. that. Beautiful tricolor dog. I'll cut to the chase on this. This dog is fifteen months old. He is hunt. He hunts this dog in in some farming country, but it's very hilly and there's mountains. And I mean, this dog has done a phenomenal job. Well, well over a hundred coons he's treated by himself. He's trained strictly by himself. Um, not. I think he's had him with another dog a few times, but the the dog is just an absolute natural. And he was telling me last night, he, he says, uh, I'm going to cut him again. I hate to, <laughs> but he said, I'm going to cut him again because he knew it was going to be a walk. And, and he's like 800 in there struck. When you walk up, there's a raccoon there. I mean, yeah. he is a phenomenal young dog. And guys have already been bugging him, you know, some guys. He went to Autumn Oaks for the first time and uh, met some people, you know, and now they're trying to trying to talk him out of his dog. But he's he's, <laughs> old, he's holding strong. So that definitely was a good cross right there. I don't know what the other one is doing, but, but old Clyde, he calls him <laughs> – I call him Sliding Clyde, man. He can yeah. slide under them, and he's got the grease when he does. He's, he's, it's yeah, a fun deal great. to watch a young hunter like that. Yeah, and, that's the best, that's know, the best stuff. Yeah. Yep, really and good. I know, Randy, I'm not trying to make this a commercial for your dogs or anything. Uh, you know, really, it's to encourage breeders and you know, the guys out there that have a desire 
to breed dogs that it can't be done just by taking old handy to old ready and getting a litter of pups and hoping you know there's got to be a design there's got to be a plan and it doesn't happen overnight does it no it doesn't happen overnight no the the best advice i could give somebody that you know i've made a lot of mistakes as far as breeding dogs and i'm gonna probably make more but the, the main thing that you need to do is 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 regardless of of what you're you're looking for you have to you have to breed to a, a line of dogs that produce the kind of dog what you're looking for and you you the the paperwork and all that is nice and everything but at the end of the day if you're making an outcross or whatever you need to look at what the dog is reproducing Look at what the dog was himself. Look at what his what his parents were, the, the style of dogs that they were, and don't get caught up on, you know, I like a certain dog that's in that pedigree because that isn't going to do you one bit of good. You have to go with what the average is on that family of dogs, you know, what they're like, and and you'll be way better off for it. You know, I got hung up initially on breed the dogs because you know i liked you know they had other lone pine dogs in their pedigree or this or that don't get hung up on what you think you like you get get hung up on what style of dogs that they are what they've reproduced what their parents were like and you've already cut out about 80 percent of the heartbreak Hmm. well spoken for sure well, I think, unless I've missed something, we come down to another trip to Pennsylvania to pick up a puppy. <laughs> and this time it's Keston and me together, and we got a frogger pup. Uh, so where did that decision come from? Well, my my good buddy, Eric Pyatt, he lives down by Cincinnati, Ohio there. If he if he has a dog tied at his place, you better pay attention because if it's there for more than a couple of weeks, there's a reason for it. it. Eric is one of the winningest handlers you know there is out there, probably ever be. And when I hunted with him in the past with with Homer, a dog out of out of Bone Collector, it was that was part of the decision about breeding the Bone Collector because. Homer was one of the best I ever seen go. And Eric had him there for years. He was for real. So knowing that he, you know, he had Frogger there for a couple years or so. Uh, I haven't got to hunt with Frogger, but some of the guys here have. He's, he's, the, he's for real. And uh, he, he's got good solid background behind him. And then I hadn't bred anything to him and they got a good way of promoting him on Facebook, you know, and then you see these young dogs on there one after another with that frogger mouth and that, you know, the hunt yeah. and that, that, that classy tree dog and the works, you know, I just, I, I, I just had a feeling that he was, he was a go-to, you know, so we bred a couple to him and they're little babies now, but we'll know here before too long. Yeah, I, they, got, I got a feeling they'll be great ones. Well, this little girl we got, I, I, 
I don't know who it was that started that trend. I think it was some of the Ohio boys over there with the fish female. Fred Bodenberg. Right. Yeah. And with spelling the F with a PH like phone. (laughs) And of course, Frogger is spelled that way. So I've hung the, I don't know if it's been used before or not because there's only so many words that start with F. But one of the best dogs I ever had down through the years, of course, she was a plot, but her name was Fancy. And Mm -hmm. she made it to the Hall of Fame. So we named this little girl Lone Pine Feeling Fancy and with a P-H- E E L I N G and a P H A N C Y. So, and she's a fancy little gal, but she's yeah. she's uh, she's really a nice puppy, and so really thankful. And thank you, Randy, for allowing us to to have that pup. But uh, well, I think, of course, we we kind of skipped over, I guess, a little bit. We mentioned uh, Track Man and use the semen here uh, within the last year or so uh, to raise a litter. What Did you raise one or two litters out of track man? Uh, of track man, just yeah, one. Just one, of yeah. Recent years, right, yeah. Right, Yep. Have we missed anybody or any dog that oh, was I'm in the sure. program? <laughs> I'm sure that we have. Uh, yeah, it's a, it starts to, starts to blend in together, you know, whenever you're um, – I'm – trying to look forward all the time so well what are your plans going forward randy what what are you thinking about when you're well i i i have semen from a bunch of different dogs and i'm going to definitely use jigs coming up here again probably before too long Mm -hmm. and uh i still have some bone collector semen left so uh you know, for right now, I mean, I have plans, but there we've got we've got plans for the females to do some winning and stuff here first. But sure. A, as of right now, the two the two females that we'll be using to breed here over the next couple of years are Jill and Shot. You know, until uh, until we we get some wins under our belts with these these younger generation stuff that's going you. on right now. I got you. Yeah, but I'm I always got you know I'm paying attention to uh, you know what's going on out there. I mean it's really important as a breeder like that. You know the I was so upset whenever they were going to discontinue the prohom because at least when you're you know you're looking in there at like the um, you know the the breeders that are doing, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the breeder of the year and the breeder of the year and in the back there that, you know, the dogs of the month, the yeah. female, the mm-hmm. male, the pups, you know, you can see, you know, just a little bit about insight on what's going on out there and yeah. who's so and what, you know, and it's, an, I always pay attention to all that stuff. You know, it's important to, if you're going to have success, you know, you pay attention to people that have had success. So right. I, I look at what look look at what other successful people are doing, and you know it's it's like that. If you want to do, if you want to be poor, you do what poor people do. <laughs> if you want to be rich, you do what rich people do. You know that that's yep. all. I mean, that's it's, right. It's simple. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it's it's always good to try things on your own and, and everything, but it's really important to look back and see what successful people did. Well, you know, I've always followed that philosophy in my life. 
Uh, and I told Larry Meeks that one time. I said, I've always liked or tried to, to associate with successful people, not for the fact that I could name drop and say, well, I know Larry Meeks or I know Jarvis Humphreys or I know Randy Smith. No, but I learn. When I'm around successful people, I learn things. You know, I learned how to be a better businessman by working for Fred Miller at UKC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I learned how to sell before I ever went to PKC, or UKC from a guy named Chester Roberts, uh, from, who was originally from Tennessee. People that are good at what they do, you need to pay attention to, to what they're doing and, and how they're doing it. And I think you hit the nail on the head right there, Randy. Well, I, I think I said the last time that, you know, that we, we did a, did a podcast like this is that, you know, in, in just about anything that you want to do, if you just find people that have had success doing that and you show interest to that person, there isn't very many of them that'll turn you away. And I, I got to be a big fan of Dave Ramsey back years ago. He's a, like a Christian money guru guy. And he said, listen, if you want to learn how to be a real estate agent or you want to learn how to do this or that, if you just look up the most successful one in the area and say, hey, listen, I'd like to buy you lunch today. If we could just sit down and talk, you know, there's hardly anybody that wouldn't say, let's do it. You know, yeah. you just pay attention to what success is, no matter what it is you want to do in life. If you just pay attention and they'll tell you what to do and they'll tell you where they made their mistakes. And most of the time, the list of the things not to do is bigger than the list of things to do. But if you just pay attention to that, you've all, you can cut so much time off of the learning curve by paying attention to people that are willing to share with you and mostly you 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 won't have very many people turn you away well there's certainly nothing that i can add to that randy it's excellent advice and the only one little caution i would give people out there is don't be jealous don't be envious of what someone else has done or their success learn from it as you have said that that is that that right there is the biggest pit in deadfall that there is in life. It doesn't matter what, like the, just for instance, the other night, like I said about those boys of mine, well, I had to go pick up Troy. He was out at a buddy of mine, bear hunting. And he heard that his brother shot that big buck that he wanted. The ride home was quiet. You know, I said, buddy, when you hit the door to that house, you got to find it in yourself to tell your brother how happy you are that he shot that buck because it will do you no good to stew over, you know, something that, you know, it's a waste, you know, don't ever do that. That's, I told him, I said, that's why people fail in life is over envious, you know, jealousy and and being critical of people that have done something that you wanted to do. If you, you, you just can't be that way. That, that that's a sure recipe for failure and disaster is to be envious or jealous of somebody over something. Randy Smith, master breeder, tree and walker coonhounds. Uh, if you don't believe me, just check the record books, hall of fames, world championships, um, piles of money spent and won. <laughs> but, uh, 
it's such more a, spent, more <laughs> more spent. <laughs> such a privilege to have you on the podcast today, Randy. I think we pretty well shined this tree. Uh, we've got about an hour and thirty minutes in, and uh, but such great advice for anybody out there that uh, you know wants to be a coonhound breeder, but maybe. Uh, don't know how uh, how to go about it, or at least they'll admit that they don't know. This is all great information. This is one you'll want to go back and listen to several times over. Well, Steve, you can you can put my phone number with this. Anybody that would ever want to call me, and I could help them in any way. Uh, it's it, I always answer the phone. Well, so, we'll do that, Randy, uh, for sure. And uh, I know that that. Uh, You've helped me a lot. As I get older, I appreciate you so much by sending me the videos, and I get to try follow along and be a part of the Lone Pine team sometimes. I've, at least I feel that way. And so I appreciate that very, very much. And uh, and uh, it goes without saying, you're one of my best friends, and I appreciate you, buddy. And, of course, your friend Tom Strang, uh, prayers and, you know, a uh, I had intended to do a GoFundMe for Tom. Uh, m- many of our listeners may not know that uh, their house burned down. Uh, and Tom, of course, as you know, is is in that wheelchair from a tragic accident uh, back many years ago. One of the greatest guys you'll ever meet in the sport of coon hunting. Um, I do communicate with him quite often. But if, if you'd like to, I, what's the status on that, Randy? Well, they, they've been working on the house for over a year now. They say that they're going to be in after the first of the year. And yeah. they've just, they, they've, they've really been through uh, a, a nightmare, you know, and it's like the last folks in the world, you'd want to see something like that happen to, you know, right. it's really, really been sad, you know, but uh, Tom's always upbeat and, you know, saying that this better times are coming, you know, so, yeah. but uh, yeah. Yeah, they've really been through a hard time. Here. Sure. Well, I'll tell you listeners out there right now, you can message me on Facebook at Stephen F. Fielder. I'm on uh, the Coon Hunting Conversations group page. I'm on the Gone to the Dogs podcast group page. You know how to get in touch with me. If you'd like to help Tom and his family, uh, going through this this tough time, just get in touch with me, and we'll talk about it and see how we can uh, we can come together to help this uh, fellow coon hunter. Randy, I want to thank you so much for coming uh, on the the program today and sharing your wisdom and and the amazing story of the Lone Pine Tree and Walkers, and uh, just wish you much success going forward. And uh, if unless you've got something else to add, I'll close this thing out. Well, I just thank you for the opportunity, and it's an honor to uh, be on here. You know, and I just, I just feel like, uh, you know, it's just been my life's work, and it's it's nice that um, you, you know that there is interest in it, and it's it's I've had a lot of help, and it's been. Uh, a good ride, you know, and I just appreciate the opportunity, Steve. And if there's anything I can do for anybody out there that I can do it, I'd be glad to help. Well, I know that's absolutely true, Randy, and I thank you for coming on. 
Friends, if anybody asks you here in this fall of the year, where's Steve Fielder? Where's that old worn-out coon hunter? You tell him he's up in Pennsylvania with Randy Smith, and they've gone to the dogs. (laughs) Take care, bud. Thank you.